Hey, we're the Fords, and this is By Grace We Live. Grace We Live. We're so thankful that you guys are here and spending part of your week with us. Um, before we even jump into the episode, I just want to say if you're not already following us, make sure you take a look at us on Instagram at By Grace We Live Pod and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you subscribe to our podcast, you have the option of um, instantly downloading your episode to your queue each week. So that's a good way to make sure you're catching all of our episodes. Um, I figured I'd start the episode off by saying that because normally we say it at the end. Yeah. Uh, I also wanted to start this week a little differently by sharing the quote of the week to get us started. So I don't really know who this quote is by. It's anonymous, um, but I've seen it like on Pinterest and Instagram probably a million times. And it's sprinkle kindness around like confetti, which I know just warms my heart. (laughs) Um, And I have a story attached to this and it goes a little something like this. (laughs) So yesterday I was at the Dollar Tree and um, the lady who was checking me out got a phone call as soon as I like stepped up to the register, like someone called the store and was asking for something. And the lady was trying to tell her, I don't know if we have that in stock right now for sure, but, um, I'm not able to go and check. I have a customer and then there's only two of us working and the other employee has a customer. And I could tell that the lady on the other line was just being like rude. And she just said, ma'am, I'm really sorry. I'm not able to step away from the counter. And she was trying to be as polite as possible, but the lady like hung up on her. And she said, this lady calls every week and asks if we have toothache medicine. And I was like, what? Which is just really random. It's a very random thing Mm -hmm. to call the Dollar Tree for. Um, I feel like that's just something you can go to any store. Yeah. And and like toothache medicine, like, isn't that just like Advil? I don't know. I think they have special like gel. Oh, maybe that's it. Okay. So anyway, and I, I don't know. I could see that she was like flustered and frustrated and I can understand that this person calls every week and kind of is a jerk on the phone. Like that's super annoying. Um, And it seems like they were short staffed. So I'm sure she was already stressful. Well, as she hangs up the phone, a customer walks in and hands her a bag and just says, hey, I found it at the other dollar tree here you go and the employee like gets all excited and she's like oh my gosh i can't believe you came back and brought this and blah blah, blah. she's like here let me pay you and the girl's like no no i don't want your dollar 25 i just please have it and enjoy so the uh, employee turns around and i said well that was sweet and she goes i she was just in here and we have these like halloween trees kind of like a christmas tree but you decorate it for halloween and we're out of stock and they were looking for them and i told them that i really wanted one too and i was bummed that they were out of stock so she went and found it at a like a different dollar tree and brought it back for this employee and like her mood obviously like instantly got so much better she was elated like she was so happy and i tear 
teared up like a big <laughs> sap because I could just see like the joy that it brought her. Um, and I said, well, that is really cool that she went out and got that for you. And she was, oh, now I get to go find ornaments for my tree. <laughs> and like she was like doing like a little dance. It was so cute. Um, and it just it just reminded me that like even the smallest act of kindness really can change someone's day. I'm sure that the person who went out and bought it and brought it back didn't like didn't even realize how much it was going to mean to this employee, but mm-hmm. it was very sweet. So I just wanted to start our episode off she like that. She was sprinkling some confetti. She was sprinkling some confetti of kindness, and it was awesome, and I got to witness it. So in other news, Ryan, how was your week? <laughs> it was good. Was it as good as this Dollar Tree employee? I I don't know. It's hard to top. <laughs> yeah, hard to is. top that. No one gave me anything. <laughs> no. I don't think. Uh, I don't know. No. Yeah. But uh, no, it was a good week. Nothing too crazy. Did you have a high or a low you'd like to share? Um, I don't... I, Man, I should have came prepared for this. I actually thought about it earlier today. And then, and then just something forgot? distracted me, um, and I don't remember what it was. Huh. I don't know. But um, I'll, uh, do you have a high or low? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess no news is good news. Yeah. I think my high would be the fact that we didn't have to clean up any dog um, bodily fluids this week. A dog, yeah. I think our dogs are on the mend. Thank you, Jesus. Well, Ace's leg is Yeah, still... his leg we're still being very cautious and careful with, but... Other than that, he's good. Um, and yeah, I'm like, nothing like stands out as like incredibly awesome. I mean, my parents came to visit during the week, which that's rare. Um, so that was fun to like visit with them, have dinner with them. And oh, I don't know. Gosh, I really should write these down. I really should start writing mm-hmm. them down. You should. Um, I don't like particularly remember a low either. I mean, it's been yeah. a long week. I'm very tired. I feel like I've been up late almost every night, and I'm mm-hmm. like a grandma. You, like, you're high. You could. Have, oh yeah, I started a little business. Greater good. Yeah, it's called Greater Good Threads, and it's just um, secondhand clothes. So I go out and find really nice quality items at secondhand stores, and then sell them on. Instagram. Yeah. Uh, so check it out if you're interested. If yeah, you're not already plug. following me, yeah. Greater good threads. So that <laughs> that is a high, but that's yeah. also why I'm tired. I think because yeah, it's it's taken a lot, uh, a lot of work yeah. that I didn't anticipate. But you it's really fun. Have to get fun. in the flow of things. Yeah, I have to get in the flow. I know that like once I establish a rhythm, it'll be good. But um, it's a lot to learn. Mm-hmm. And I'm I feel like such a noob, like in every way possible. So. That was fun. All right, moving on. Book club, new segment. Well, it's not a new segment. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, we've done this every time. New, I have something new to share. Maybe that's what my brain meant. Yep, Yep. I don't have any new. (laughs) You're still reading the two books you talked about last week. I'm reading a book called The Man Who Died Twice, and I don't remember the author's name, but he is the same author that wrote The Thursday Murder Club, which I talked about in our book club extraordinaire episode um i'm not richard osmond richard osmond i knew his last name started with an o i'm not too far into it um because i fall asleep every time i read it (laughs) at the end of the night Um, surprise surprise i know but i will say i forgot about i forgot this um 
I think I might have mentioned when I read Thursday Murder Club, it's a lot of characters that you have to keep track of. Mm -hmm. So it can be a little overwhelming. But I also remembered as I'm reading this second book, almost every chapter is a different character's perspective. And so like it's just flipping back and forth, back and forth a lot. And so it's difficult if you don't have like a huge chunk of time to devote to it, because if you stop in the middle of a chapter and then like a couple days later you pick it back up, it's like, wait, what am I reading again? Mm -hmm. You know, so that is a challenging part of it. And actually was talking to someone today and they said that they had to like they gave up on the first book because Mm -hmm. it was just too confusing. Um, So I just have to get to like I have to find a day where I have an hour or two to devote to it because mm-hmm. then it'll be really good because it's like yeah once you get in the flow of it it's yeah. easy but so far it's pretty good oh, that's good yeah all right well moving on close yeah. our books <laughs> um well do you want to talk about what we're well what you're sharing today um so i'm going to share one of my poems and then talk about it yeah so that's so that's it. That's the topic. Get your fingers ready to snap, okay. everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, well, should I just jump right in? Yeah. Well, first I'll do a little plug. Okay, go ahead. If you're not already following him on Instagram, you can find him at of Earth and Acorns. He has quite a few poems up there already. No, I'm not biased at all. I think they're phenomenal. <laughs> Give him a follow. Yeah, all the all the poetry you've read. To <laughs> yeah, I'm, to. I'm like I'm a novice <laughs> when it comes to poetry, but. <laughs> So, um, yeah, the, so I'm going to, I guess I'll just read the poem Mm -hmm. first and then, uh, we can chat about it, I suppose. Sounds good. Cool. Um, okay. So this is the most recent one posted to my Instagram account. It's called the scribe of sorrows and it goes a little something like this. (laughs) Taking my tears like ink. You pen my sorrows down, showing me you care to remember my account. My inkwell soul pours out till this pain runs me dry, and here the tragedy ends in a darkest night. But then I see your pen drip red with a fresh ink, in bloody script you write a new end, despite me. O scribe of my sorrows, you give this tale new life, an epilogue of hope where that night ends in light. Hmm. Do you want to tell them the the psalm that it's yeah. kind of based off yeah. of? So I, I was reading um, a psalm uh, on one of my breaks at work. I think it was my lunch break. Um, and uh, it is Psalm 56, verse 8, specifically uh, verse 8, that kind of stood out to me. Um, where And it says... You keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. Um, and it, this, in the the psalm, it, David is, you know, talking about, um, just he's asking God for uh, mercy and protection from his enemies and um, uh, just for uh, God to keep him safe, um, even though people are, like, plotting against him and stuff. Um, and then he, he talks about, um, how God, uh, sees him and knows like, and keeps 
record and account and track of all of these things. It's not like he is, uh, you know, forgetful or anything of what he's been through and, and all of those kinds of things. But it just, it struck me when I read that, how, like the, the image of, I pictured God at a desk, Hmm. um, like Jesus sitting down at a desk writing, um, like my story out in, you know, he's got his cool pen, little ink, (laughs) ink, uh, well, dipping it in and Mm -hmm. then in a beautiful script writing, you know, my story on a, uh, on an old wooden desk. And, um, that's like kind of the image that popped in my head. And from there I started, um, trying to write something, uh, as, as far as a poem, Mm -hmm. um, to kind of capture that, that image and, and just kind of what I felt from all of it. And, um, that the first thing I wrote down was you take my tears like ink and you pen my sorrows down. Um, that was kind of the first, like the start of the poem, Mm -hmm. which is rare. I don't always write when I write a poem, I don't always, um, have the first line. Um, sometimes it's like something, an ending or, um, something that ends up becoming a big in the something in the middle Mm -hmm. um it can you know it can go through a few different variations as i scribble all the different ideas and notes down but Mm -hmm. um i don't know do you what i can kind of go in it stanza by stanza and sure what i was thinking is that what i should do it's up to you it's your poem (laughs) you share what you want um so at the beginning it it says taking my tears like ink you pen my sorrows down showing me you care to remember my account and i mean that that line is pretty straightforward or that stanza um where you know god is sees me he knows me and he remembers me um and i immediately thought of jesus specifically obviously because we you know we don't live in New Te- Old Testament times, mm-hmm. um, so we we know Jesus and we know what He did for us, um, and so it's like often I connect that from the Psalms, um, and so that was kind of the perspective I was taking for this, um, and then it goes into my inkwell soul pours out this pain runs me dry or till this pain runs me dry, and here the tragedy ends in a darkest night. And so it's like my soul is, if you think of the inkwell, that's where the ink is. And Jesus is dipping his quill in there to write my story. Um, But all of us, all of our stories without Jesus would be a tragedy Mm -hmm. and it would end in a dark night. Um, And so that's where it's kind of that uh, like hopeless... um, you know, perspective perspe- of me. Like mm-hmm. I can't, I'm going to run dry. I, it's going to end. It will, my life will end in a dark night. Right. Um, but then the next stanza is where it takes a turn, but then I see your pen drip with drip red with a fresh ink in bloody script. You write a new end despite me. Mm-hmm. And so that's obviously Jesus, mm-hmm. um, you know, him dying on the cross for us and his forgiveness. And, um, I tried to, I wanted to keep with this, this idea of him writing a story and penning something. And so that's where, um, I say 
drip red mm-hmm. with a fresh ink. Hope like because if I want the reader to know it's Jesus, his blood, his right. sacrifice, and he's still that he's writing, writing your story. Our story. Yeah, and he takes the rest of my story. He keeps writing. Yeah, what, what I think is the end of the story. He actually is like, no, there's more to this. Yeah, uh, it's just not your you know power your your ink isn't the thing that's going to supply the ending mm-hmm. um and then i say in bloody script you write and you end despite me and i say bloody uh, again to try to i want the reader to know um obviously that i'm talking about jesus his sacrifice and his blood um and because sometimes i feel like it's it's a it's a uh thin line to straddle when you're trying to i don't want to say too much yeah and then like overburden mm-hmm. um the reader with like a bunch of description when it's like i know you know obviously what you're talking about but then i also don't want to be so ambiguous to where um it's confusing yeah um so i try to without being too like specific and on the nose um I try to find other ways, like I use bloody as a descriptive word instead of uh, the uh, a noun, like his blood. Yeah. You know? Um, and so that's obviously where it takes the turn in bloody script, you write a new end despite me. Um, and just to say that, like, despite my failings, despite my misgivings, despite the fact that I ran out, I, I ran dry. Um, despite all that, Jesus still finishes our story mm-hmm. uh, with hope. And and then the last stanza, Oh, scribe of my sorrows, you give this tale new life, an epilogue of hope where that night ends in light. Um, and that's what I thought of initially, that, that phrase, scribe of my sorrows, was actually the first thing that popped in my head when I read the verse. Um, you keep track of all my sorrows and, uh, you know, you, you have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. Um, yeah, that Jesus is a scribe and he's a scribe of my sorrows. Uh, and it's just, this is like the hopeful end Mm -hmm. to the poem uh, that, uh, you give this tale new life. It's an epilogue of hope. Again, fitting in with the whole story. Like, that's why I said an epilogue uh, where that night ends in light. Um, and again, the I say where that night ends in light because it's a callback to the second stanza where uh, I say, in here the tragedy ends in the darkest night. night. Yeah. But it actually ends in light. Yes. So, yeah, um, that's that's pretty much... The rundown, like, if you will. I like your attention to detail all yeah. throughout it. Well, I, I try to like be intentional. I mean, I think that's one one thing with poetry that um, I try to be is intentional with the work because you only have so many words and they have right. to fit within stand. I write pretty much free form. I mean, sometimes I make up a form like this one. Um, I think has the same number of syllables in every line and and every the second and fourth line uh have like a half rhyme i forget what it's i don't think it's called a half rhyme whatever it is when (laughs) it's like it kind of there is a i can't remember what the term is but like where it's not a perfect rhyme like Mm -hmm. like you know 
cut and butt. Yeah. You know, those yeah, rhymes. Those are perfect rhymes. <laughs> yeah. But, but um I feel, I, of all I the know. words you could have picked cut and butt. <laughs> cut and nut. Yeah. Hey. Nut and butt. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway. But uh but yeah, so I kind of after I wrote that first stanza, that's where I was like, I like how this is going. Mm-hmm. Um because the beginning of it's kind of heavy. I don't actually often write rhyming poetry. Yeah. Um, sometimes I do, but this one I felt like it just worked with that like subtle rhyme, that half rhyme, um, and it kind of helped the flow and alleviate some of the heaviness of the first couple stanzas. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really like. Can I share what I? Really yeah, like? go ahead. My favorite part is, but then it's the third stand or is that the, the third, third stanza, stanza yeah. that starts with, but then, and then you talk about like his blood pouring out for us, the, that his blood pouring out for us leads to redemption. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, obviously you say it in such an eloquent way that fits in with the theme of your poem and how we have a new ending of our story, despite ourselves yeah um which i just think is a beautiful picture of god's pursuit of us and the fact that like we are in a relationship with him not because of anything we could ever do but because Mm -hmm. of his grace and we obviously love talking about god's grace yeah um so i really like that part um and it baffles me how you can come up with a poem about a story like a scribe and relate it to like the redemption that we have in Jesus. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's my critique. Oh. Also, there's too many syllables in line five. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think they, I, I'm pretty sure they all have the same number. I can't remember. I'm sure they now. do. I have, I made that up out of my butt, which also <laughs> rhymes with cut. <laughs> there you go. You're a poet. I'm a, yeah. Okay. You don't want me writing poetry. Uh, but yeah. What is your favorite part about it? Um that's a good question. I I I think just the whole concept um of it. A- after I got done with it, I I was really um just happy with the way it turned out and just the concept. Mm-hmm. Uh cuz sometimes I feel like with with a I think whenever anyone creates anything, there's always people you, you whenever you're critiquing your own creative work. There's mm-hmm. always mo- like you're seeing the more flaw. than yeah, yeah, more flaws than anyone else yeah. most likely. Um, and not that this is a perfect poem by any means. I mean, I don't, I, I'm not a professional poet in any capacity. I've never, I haven't gone to school for this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, this one in particular, um, just really came together in yeah. a way um and and i attribute a lot of it to god and the holy spirit and mm-hmm. um most of what i write is inspired by by god um and uh yeah i don't know it's it's hard to pick out one thing i think the name mm-hmm. really the scribe of sorrows um 
because that kind of, that's kind of what kicked off the rest of the poem. Yeah. Um, because once I had, because that to me kind of put the image, like the story mm-hmm. in my head. In your head, yeah. Of Jesus as a scribe writing my story, um, uh, you know, keeping account of it and uh, then taking it upon himself to finish it. Um, I remember when you came and read it to me, I was like, man, this is a downer. Like yeah, when you started, it starts, I was like, where yeah. is this going? Are you yeah. okay? Like, right. I think I did ask you well, that. Because like, it's called the scribe of sorrows. Yeah, I was like, are you okay? Is there something you want to talk about? Yeah. But then I actually did cry when you, at the end, like when you, it turned and it yeah. changed because it is like our stories are filled with hopelessness and brokenness without, without Jesus, Christ. Yeah. yeah. But, like, that hope that we have in him is very evident in this Mm -hmm. poem. So hopefully those who are listening, when they listen to you, (laughs) felt that hope, you know? Yeah. And that fresh reminder. That's the goal. Yeah. Of (laughs) life and new life that we have in him. Yeah. So that's my poem, The Scribe of Sorrows. Scribe of Sorrows. Yeah. For more, again, check him out (laughs) on Of Earth and Acorns. Yep. That's where I am. I haven't posted one in a while, though. No, which you haven't. I need, this I was need from to. July second. I know it's been it's been a hot minute, um, but I haven't you written. We're only much. a little busy, you know. Yeah, it's okay. I haven't written much, unfortunately, recently. But yeah. I hope to. But a lot of it, it just comes from inspiration. Yeah. I'm not always like. I know a lot of writers and a lot of people who write. Um, they're always like, just do it. You should just, you should be writing every, even if it's garbage. Yeah. And that's, I, I agree with their sentiment and, Mm -hmm. um, it's just hard when it's not like, you know, I think you do best when you feel inspired by something. I I would agree with that. Yeah. And you get very like a frustrated, annoyed if you're just going to sit there and nothing's coming. Like you're like, what was the point? I'm not going to sit here and keep wasting my (laughs) time. I mean, that's, I think it's one of those things where. Um, when I'm paying attention, mm-hmm. I think that's the, the biggest key for me is just because sometimes things can, inspiration can come in the weirdest places. Right. Uh, like one poem I wrote, I think it's the poem I posted previous. I, uh, was inspired from a Stephen King book. Right. <laughs> and it's about God. Yeah. And the, you like, were inspired to write something about God from Stephen King. Yeah. His book's yeah. not about God. No, no. Yeah. And so it's like, that's, it's that kind of stuff where it's like, I think God is speaking and there's so much beauty mm-hmm. everywhere. Yeah. And if we just pay attention. But, right. Right. It's like, we, I, I think sometimes we feel like, like we almost put God in a box where it's like, oh, he can't speak through mm-hmm. a Stephen King novel. And I'm not saying that it's like a holy, but it's just God used it to open my eyes to something else. Mm-hmm. And, um, it yeah. was the gunslinger, by the way, and that yeah. was the book. It's a really good poem that you wrote too. Yeah, I, well, I mean, I liked it, but <laughs> it's <laughs> pretty too. short. It's nothing crazy, but yeah. Although I don't really write too, too long of poems. Um, then there would be books. Yeah, I'm just well, kidding. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there are. Like, what are they called if they're like long? Is there um, I, I guess it depends. I mean, I'm not very. I I don't know all the names. I know. I mean, there's like epic. Poems, that's what i was wondering uh that are very long and story-like yeah that you know there's uh you write epic poems you don't write epic 
Oh, okay. Epics. <laughs> okay. You see what I did there? I, I, I did, I guess. Okay. Yeah, you write good. poems that are epic. You don't. don't I'm just kidding. Yeah, I don't need to explain it. <laughs> yeah. Guys, when I get tired, I get very loopy. A loopy. So we probably shouldn't go on for much longer. <laughs> I might regret what comes out of my mouth. <laughs> but, well, thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah. Anytime. Yeah. I and guess. if you enjoyed this let us know find us on instagram leave a comment wherever you're listening and um give us your feedback yeah only if it's good though if you're gonna be mean to my husband don't do it i'm just kidding just (laughs) Just keep your comments to yourself no i'm just no i mean i'm not like like i said i i recognize that i am a uh amateur i'm not I haven't studied. I've read one book on poetry. I have a couple others that I need to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, you mean I've, like on writing poetry? Yeah. Yeah. Not, and, you uh, read poetry all the time. It was a really good book, actually. What was it called? Um, the, oh man, the so poetry, good. something, the something poetry handbook. Um, oh. The poet, yeah, I can't remember. It was by Ted Kuzer, I think. Wait, that's no, funny. that's not right. Yeah, I was going to say, you remember the author, but you can't remember the name. Um, oh, no, it is Ted Kuzer. Look at you go. Yeah, the Poetry Home Repair Manual, Practical Advice for Beginning Poets. Nice. And it was really good. I actually really liked it. It was one of those things where when I read it, it was very um, encouraging because a lot of what he was writing about was like, how I already felt about a, a lot of it was already about like the way I approached or how I felt about poetry. So you really connected. And, to, yeah. And it, it kind of affirmed some things yeah. in, in me and um, the way I did things. Obviously there was other stuff that I was like, I didn't think about and mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, I should think about that and <laughs> when I'm writing and that's and, called learning. Yeah. 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 That's cool. So it was really good. I, I mean, I would highly recommend it to anyone interested in poetry in general, not just writing, um, like not necessarily writing poetry, but if, if you're into, it's not going to explain like, this is what a haiku is, or this is what a, you know, it's not going to explain the types of, mm-hmm. or a sonnet, you know, but it it's more of like, well, practical advice. Yeah. Like how you should think about I see. how you should approach writing and i think it could help just get into the mind of the poets, poets. that you read yeah so you can kind of have an understanding because sometimes it's hard to i mean i get it poetry is a can be confusing i'm not i feel like sometimes i'm not smart enough for it i don't think it's that i just think sometimes especially if you don't read uh, poetry often it can be really hard to figure out what's the point yeah like is the point just beautiful words Mm. or are they actually trying to like paint a picture or are they trying to make you feel a certain way are they trying to tell you a story or tell you something and usually you don't know that the author knows that yeah you don't always know it so that's what i mean if you've read more poetry you can probably pick up on those things more like i can kind of get sometimes i'm still like when I read, I'm like, I don't understand what this person is saying. <laughs> well, that makes me feel better. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us for another week of By yeah. Grace We Live. And we'll catch you next time, folks.